0: Today on Sagittarian Matters, Liz Prince calls the Dr. Laura show live on the air. Ponyo dresses as a serial killer, and we learn about an artist retreat for women and non-binary people. Stay tuned. Sagittarian
1: matters.
0: Sagittarian matters. What's the Hello from beautiful Seaview, Washington. Producer Ponyo and I are at the Southwester Lodge for a special women and non-binary cartoonist retreat called Trailer Blaze, brought to you by Short Run Comics Fest. I have a co-host today who's hunting for frogs. Her name is Liz Prince. Hi, we're deep out here in frog territory. I don't know if you can hear
2: them uh, croaking a little bit. Behind us, I found one. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, Nicole.
0: Let's take a look.
2: Do you see? Um, she has her between those branches. You can yes, see? It I has see his, his little croak sack out. I
0: see his croak
2: sack. <laughs> Is that what it's called? <laughs> I I don't know if that's the technical term. We're standing
0: by some runoff water with some trash in it.
2: It's very dirty, but the frogs love it. Um, Liz, what do people have to look
0: forward to on today's episode? Well, I get my ass handed to me by Dr. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kelly Froh and Erin Franklin from Short Run Comics Fest talk about the Trailer Blaze Retreats and how to be good at tabling.
2: Um, and we
0: talk about social media presence. Uh, Liz, do you have any tips for people when it comes to tabling? What's your number one tactic?
2: Um, I think that if someone had as many live frogs as humanly possible on their table, I would really be attracted to that.
0: Great, great, excellent. So Liz is holding her phone up like a flashlight to this little river runoff bog uh, looking for frogs, but I'm afraid that doing the intro to the podcast has silenced their croaking for the most part. So we better let you get to today's episode while we get to more frogs. Liz Prince is the author of the books *Will You Still Love Me If I Wet the Bed?*, *Tomboy*, and *Cody and the Creepies*. You can find her at lizprincepower.com. She loves frogs. I'm Liz Prince welcome back to Sagittarian Matters it's always a pleasure Liz what are you about to do
2: um well I don't know if you guys know this about Nicole but she's really into Dr. Laura's advice show mm-hmm. uh, she even wrote a book called do- calling Dr. Laura I highly recommend it thank you um this is a sponsored ad she paid mm-hmm. me to say that <laughs> um but <clears throat> i have recently had a little bit of a moral quandary come up in my life and while nicole and i were discussing this she suggested that i should call dr laura about it um i'm not super familiar with her program she seemed kind of caustic to me but uh this will be interesting um last night we actually submitted like an online form with a shortened version of my question and a screener got back to me and said that they want me on the show. So I guess this is going to happen. Um, Let's do it. I'm going to be on Dr. Laura's advice show. Oh my God. I can't wait. Oh my God. They're calling me. Oh, great. Pick it up.
0: A speakerphone phone if you can. Hello.
1: Hi. May I speak with
0: Liz, please? Uh, this
2: is Liz. Hi, Liz, this is the Dr. Laura program.
1: i got an appointment request from you here to speak to Dr. Laura today. I'm giving you a call to give you that opportunity.
2: Yeah, would love to do it.
1: Fantastic. Are you free at this time? I am, yeah. All right, Liz, let me just ask you a few quick questions. Appreciate it. Uh, Liz, how how old are you?
2: I am 36 years old.
1: And how long have you been a listener of Dr. Laura?
2: Uh, several years. How many? How many? I don't know. Three? Four?
1: All right. All through Sirius XM Radio? Uh, yes. Is this your first time calling into the show or speaking with her on the air?
2: It is. Yes.
1: Okay. Hold on one second, please. Sure. Be right with you for her kids to see
3: their grandmother again. I don't know why but I lied. You know. I don't know why so I So your feelings don't matter? Exactly. That's the way I feel. And it hurts because, um, you know... I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to get your wife on the line with you. Right. So don't move a budge. Because uh, I'm amazed at how many wives don't... Oh, my God. Their this is incredible. Sort of very secondary. I'm scared. <laughs> so we'll try again. Most people don't want to face stuff. See, darren's wife will want to i'm eating popcorn darren's willy sounded like it
2: so we'll see what we. this is inappropriate i mean it's like I watching a movie so popcorn makes sorry
1: sense sorry about that liz back to
2: you yep
1: so liz uh what state or province are you located in please?
2: uh i live in portland maine but i'm actually in oregon right now
1: or the state of oregon from but from Maine. okay yep. got it and um how did you find our appointment form? Was that our,
2: via our website, Facebook, e-newsletter, or Twitter? Uh, a friend directed me to the website. Okay. And uh, how did
3: you originally stumble upon or seek out Dr. Laura on XM? Um,
2: Through my friend Nicole Georges, who's been a long-time listener. Oh, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Your phone. You're welcome. Please just listen for your phone. Keep it right up
1: to your mouth and ear, so she can hear you loud and clear. Please know speakerphone, headset, or Bluetooth. Once she welcomes you to the program, Liz, please go into your clear and concise. The one-on question. Once she has questions of you, be open, honest, transparent, all of the above so Dr. Laura can give you the best advice you need. And try not to speak over her when she's talking to you,
2: okay? Okay.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Liz. Your call next. Liz, do you yeah. have agreements
0: in having yeah, don't talk do over her. She'll yell at you. I think that your don't. speakerphone seems okay. She's
2: just do it. And if she asks, I'll say but I'm not on speakerphone. Okay. I
0: mean, she thing needs thing you to, need to, you to put day day day. up to your head. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, you could put up to your head, uh, and we uh, could record the
3: podcast. You might be looking into marriage. That's when you go into premarital counseling with somebody whose specialty is premarital counseling.
2: Hello, Doctor Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. What's up? So I am one of four siblings. And at the end of March, my estranged aunt died after a long battle with chronic pain and she had an addiction to opioid painkillers. While my grandmother was still alive, she had set up a trust to pay my aunt's living expenses because she either didn't trust her with money or didn't want to be directly contributing to the uh, maybe badder aspects of her lifestyle. Um, but my aunt was married to a man who uh, was actually is a really great guy. He um, became my aunt's car- caretaker later in life, but he was never accepted as part of the family um, because one, he's Hispanic and two, uh, while he was working before he quit his job to take care of my aunt full time, he was a janitor and <clears throat> my Aunt's family, my dad, and my sister's family is pretty strictly Jewish in the like, your chosen professions need to be lawyer or doctor, and that's it. Um, Since my aunt died, my siblings and I have learned that my aunt's trust was set up in a way to bypass my uncle through marriage and be distributed directly to us. But I don't feel like I have a moral or ethical claim to that money. I didn't have a relationship with my okay. aunt. And even though it's, I mean, it's around $40,000. Oh, what is it you like to do? Well, I feel like I should give him that money. Uh, okay, check with your tax person and find out how
3: you avoid taxes by giving him the money. So just check with your tax
2: person and take care of it. Well, the issue is that a lot of people, like my mom included, seem to think that it's really foolish of of me.
3: Are you a tabber box? Are you going to discuss this with everybody,
2: or are you just quietly going to do this? Well, it's hard to quietly do it. Are
3: you going to take a poll? Yeah, no, it isn't. It's very simple to quietly do it. You just go to your tax person, find out how it's done, and do it.
2: Okay, but you think that that is the moral...
3: And have him sign a paper talking over me. And you can't hear the advice. Continue. You have him sign non-disclosure form. Uh mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm
2: listening. Oh, I said continue.
3: Oh, thank you. Couldn't hear that. Thank you very much. Have him sign a non-disclosure form so that he cannot discuss with anybody And it all happened.
2: Oh, that's a good idea. Didn't think of a non-disclosure form. That's what Besides, you're here for. I have a
3: feeling if he is a nice guy, he wouldn't say anything anyway, but it helps to have a non-disclosure
2: form. Okay, great.
3: Which, which means if he tells anybody, he has to give the money back. Sounds good. Okay, there you go. Thank you for
2: being Oh, that was it. I don't think she cared about, like, she,
0: you know. I think she thought it was a good idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, he didn't really let me get into the part about how, you know, I, you know, could really use that. It's not like I can just give away $40,000 and be like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and she also didn't want to, you know, hear about the implications with other members of my family. But yeah. that's fine. That seems pretty typical of what a Dr. Laura call is like.
0: Oh, my God, I love that you just called Dr. Laura, Liz. <laughs> So, your other ethical quandary is that $40,000 is a lot of money. Yeah. I would honestly, I liked somebody the other day. She asked if you're a Jabberbox. You know what? Maybe you are. Yeah. Maybe you were taking a poll. It's a moral quandary. Yeah, for sure. It's a weird question, but somebody the other day at dinner said, What if you guys each gave him like part of your inheritance? So then he had a cluster of money, but you guys still had a little bit to help you. I
2: mean, I feel like. Like, that feels fine, but I think that I ultimately just, I don't feel like any of that money should be mine. I mean, it's a helpful thing, but I also, like, I didn't have a relationship with her. I wasn't around while she was, you know, suffering. But is the
0: money coming from her, or is the money coming from your grandmother?
2: Well... Technically the money is coming from my grandmother because my aunt didn't use it all up while she was still alive. But mm-hmm. I don't think that if my aunt had been treated in a way where she could have made decisions about what to do with her own money that she would have left it to us.
0: Yeah. Well, I th- I just kind of think like you'll sleep easier at night if you give it to him versus if you you know, say that you kept it all and then he was homeless or right. you know something right that's what i i feel like you have a very clear moral idea of what to do great because also there's other family stuff that you can get money from
2: do you think that uh i can use as a quote on the back of a book are you a jabber box dr laura
0: <laughs> i think that you can <laughs> <laughs> And then, will you put a quote underneath it of me in parentheses saying, well, you are maybe a jabber box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My next book will just be called Confessions of a Jabber Box.
0: <laughs> I love that she called you a jabber box. The, the NGA doesn't make any sense to me. Why would he want to non disclose it?
2: I don't know. I think she thought that maybe my problem would be that people would know that I gave away that much money, but that's not actually the issue.
0: Who cares? You don't have kids. Yeah. There's nutritional yeast all over my poncho. <laughs> Liz, where are we right now? So we are sitting in
2: my trailer at the Southwestern in a beautiful seaview washington right on the coast mm-hmm. uh we're here attending the trailer blaze residency it is uh i guess technically my third time here but really my second time participating fully and your third time participating fully am i correct
0: can you yes can you walk us through why it, it was not completed the first time
2: um so the first year that Nicole and I were set to attend this residency, uh it happened to be at the same time that dear little Ponyo needed eye surgery, and so uh I accompanied Nicole to Seattle to help out with that instead of staying here.
0: You're a mensch. I'm you
2: What would
0: Doctor Laura think about that? Doctor Laura, I'm not a jab I am a jabber box and a mensch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jabberbox with the purest of hearts. <laughs> so, Panyo, we were supposed to go to this residency. Liz had flown across the country to come to it. And then Panyo went spontaneously blind. And I was told I had only weeks to save her eyesight. And so I couldn't go to the residency because she had to get surgery. And then Liz offered to come with me, <laughs> which was very kind of her. And so now Panyo has vision in one eye. And we're here. Um, we had some virality this week. Liz is reading the book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is the frightening book by uh, Patton Oswalt's late wife, Michelle McNamara, about the Golden State Killer, also known as the Ear, the East Area Rapist. And so uh, we're staying in trailers with questionable locking systems. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a lot of people have really questioned my
2: decision to read this book uh, while I'm on this trip. But it really is just a matter of logistics because my library hold on it just happened to come in like the day before I left.
0: I like that this is literally the only option. It, I, you, can't, you can't say, sorry, I'm going put it on hold to get it in another month. You can't buy it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is it. I've
2: been waiting. Well, also, you're going to have
0: it the entirety of your trip, part of which is not going to be spent in a well, tin can insane. with windows facing the forest. I haven't been reading
2: it actively while I've been here. Okay, I started it when I got it, and it's hard to put it down because it's so well written and it's so engrossing. But I haven't really been reading it that much while I'm here because it's kind of terrifying to read about somebody who breaks into people's houses and rapes and murders them while you're out in the middle of nowhere in a trailer.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, Liz, you should feel some comfort because towards the end of his career, he was, you know, beginning of his career, he was focusing on single women. But towards the end of his career, he focused on couples. So actually, if Kyle was here, you would be more at risk, I think.
2: Do you feel more at risk because Ponyo, your partner, is
0: here? <laughs> you know, I I felt a little, I usually feel better because Ponyo is with me. But um, in the book, there is a part where a teenage girl, after getting you know, roughed up or whatever, Mm -hmm. says to her dog, you didn't even do anything. And Mm -hmm. um, I worry, I don't want Panyo and I to have that between us. Yeah, Yeah, they like, he like, the the, the ear or the Golden State Killer wakes you up by shining a flashlight in your face while you're sleeping. And he's wearing a ski mask and sometimes no pants. And then like, he like puts a bunch of dishes on top of your partner in bed Mm -hmm. and says like, you know, if I hear any of these dishes break, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill her. Mm-hmm. and then, like, takes you and tortures you in the living room. So anyway, all that is to say we're in this frightening place, and I thought it would be really funny to, to prank Liz <laughs> by putting a ski mask on Panyo that I made out of a black footie sock, put a ski mask on the dog, and hold the dog up to the window so that Liz would think it was the Golden State Killer. And she did. She was, she was very scared. I wet my pants. She took a picture <laughs> and she sent me the picture and she posted it on Instagram and I posted it on Twitter. I tweeted at Patton Oswald. He retweeted it. We started getting tons of likes on that. Tons of likes. Getting some internet traction. Getting some traction. Said, hey, Pat Oswald, I caught the Golden State Killer. And it was Ponyo wearing a ski mask. <laughs>
2: he loved it on wearing a ski mask made out of a sock yeah
0: <laughs> america loved it people started posting gifs of uh, fantastic mr fox because i totally forgot they also mm-hmm. wear a similar so now ponyo can do more than one thing with that ski mask <laughs> um but then somebody who is a fan tweeted that i was making light of what the victims had suffered and i was like oh because i mean i i think i would feel that way too like if there was like you know if there were people that were like being the golden state killer for halloween mm-hmm. you know or if it was like a human man doing cosplay mm-hmm. of the golden state killer i would be like "Ooh, that's so gross and insensitive to the victims mm-hmm. but to me i just thought it was adding a, a touch of levity to the horrifying experience of being a woman essentially in the woods alone while reading about a serial killer
2: yeah i mean it's a a dog wearing a sock on its face.
0: <laughs> and wouldn't it be great if I did catch the Golden State Killer? And if after all these years he was nine pounds? Um, <laughs> I mean, if he was nine pounds, and I was like, I've apprehended him. The, the tort, the horror is over. The nightmare is over. Anyway, so uh, so that's that. So that happened. You know, with with great great retweeting gets you know great scrutiny. And I do not want to let anybody down by thinking them that I don't take seriously the experience of murder rape victims. You know. I don't even take in most of the true crime stuff that exists in the world cuz it scares me too much.
2: Yeah. And I'm a murderino. I spent my morning trying to get presale tickets for their show in uh the Boston area unsuccessfully.
0: My favorite murder? Yeah. It's so weird that people love I I don't know. I like Beth Ditto is afraid of ghosts but mm-hmm. not afraid of like prowlers and murderers. Mm-hmm. So she can't watch any horror movies that have to do with ghosts. But I'm not afraid of no ghosts, but I am afraid of prowlers and killers. So I can't be watching all that SVU kind of. You're, you not,
2: a, you're not a fan of like forensic files or like no. unsolved mysteries. I
0: just can't li- watch those things because I can't reinforce in my brain that women are victims and that people are like waiting around every corner mm-hmm. to rape and murder you because, you know, I'm alone a lot. Yeah i'm alone a lot my dog just they're...
2: kidding uh she has a full-time bodyguard I'm... and her dog uh ponyo is one of her dogs but her other dog is just like a...
0: hulk yeah hulk he hulk <laughs> <laughs> i mean besides he hulk my dog and biff my uh, bodyguard i just you know i travel the world and so i don't i can't really be like walking into a hotel by myself in you know suburban Chicago and then in my head thinking mm-hmm. about somebody with a bunch of rope in their trunk. Yeah. there's someone with a bunch of rope in their trunk ready to put me in there, they're probably going to try to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I'm freaked out about it. So I just try not to be freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. So I could have enjoyed those last moments of my life before saying, I don't know you. That's my purse. <laughs> 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 to a stranger. Before you say, goodbye. 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 <laughs> I was telling Liz how when I was hiking with friend to the show, Rocco, I started sliding down a ravine, and then my instinct, instead of saying, help me, <laughs> was to say, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> I, feel, I feel a lot of peace around my mortality. I just like, was like, it was a great day. It was a sunny day. I had Ro- Rocco. I had the dog. Goodbye. Nice to know you. I mean, it's, um, it's really
2: a very positive message to send out right at the end.
0: Liz, uh, what has your favorite snack been on this retreat?
2: Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I've been eating a lot of avocado sandwiches with uh, Dubliner sharp cheddar
0: cheese on them. Sharp, it's very good. Mm. Well, I have been. Oh my god! Oh my god! Panya, why do you have to do that? I have. I have been. Um, I've been eating some bonza, garbanzo bean pasta that I first discovered by trying it for the podcast with some urban cheese craft nacho cheese that we also tried for the podcast and greens. And I don't know what else. Just leftovers of whatever people are eating for dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, Was what are your tips for Patreon success? What are successes and or failures you've had from Patreon? Well, I would say that
2: successes are that I've maintained... um, getting around $1,100 a month from Patreon, which is actually, like, when all is said and done, you know, for a year, that becomes, like, almost as much as you would get as an advance, like, half of an advance for a book. So, and I'm not beholden to anyone but myself. Um, So that is certainly a huge advantage. Uh, One of the things about it is that I definitely have, like, stalled. Like, I'm not really getting... I'm not I'm not eclipsing that amount of money. Yeah. I'm kinda like at the point where there are people who have been subscribed to my Patreon for the entire time and every month I would say that a couple people drop off and like a couple new people like show up, but it seems to
0: stay at roughly the same amount. Do you take it personally when people drop off?
2: Mm. I mean it's a little hard not to when you're drawing autobiocomics and then somebody like stops subscribing but I did recently discover that there's that little algorithm thing that like tells you like what reason people chose and uh-huh. some people a lot of people actually who like unsubscribe actually write me messages that are like oh I wish I could stay subscribed but my financial situation changed so I tend not to take it too
0: I always take it personally. Too hard, but... Whenever anyone drops off, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? And then I start posting, like, way more. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, wait, maybe if I don't post, they'll forget about it. And then the money will just come out of their account. <laughs> maybe by posting, I'm alerting them to the fact that they're paying $6 a month. And it's an expense they can't have. Mm-hmm. I go through this whole thing. like, Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm Part of what I'm trying to work on is becoming more active Uh, posting my comics on the internet. I really fell off of doing that. And my intention when I started this daily comic Patreon was that I would post one comic from the week just on my website. um, And hopefully that would get more people interested in subscribing. But I basically have not done that since like, maybe June of 2016. So I need to get back on that.
0: And Liz, you have been people when they subscribe to your Patreon, for people that don't know, they get a comic every month. They get a comic every month that's Diary Comics. And now you're putting out a collection yep. based on that. Yeah. Uh people this, actually get stuff. Yeah. I my
2: my Patreon is based on like a mail order like subscription service. Um, I know that that's a little bit antithetical to, like, the idea of Patreon. It's supposed to be that people can just support your artistic whims without expecting anything in return. Um, but I found that this really keeps me accountable and makes me motivated to make art. And the f- the funnest part of it has honestly been, like, designing the little books and making them every month. So I think that I also benefit from from actually giving people something physical Um, you can also subscribe digitally but that's what I do Um, I ain't got space for all that (laughs) (laughs) they're tiny little uh, (laughs) like three by like seven inch booklets or something you know they're like tiny tiny tiny
0: booklets this is like when I was at a meeting and I suggested that we get chips to mark every like a little coin to mark every year and an old lady was like, I don't have room for that in my house. I <laughs> <laughs> was so funny at the time, but look at me now. Yeah. Um, but so, people who want to buy this as a book, mm-hmm. what's it called?
2: So, the collection of my 2016 diary comics is called Look Back and Laugh. Um, it's going to be published by Top Shelf Productions in July of this year. Very um, exciting. There is no new content. Like, if you already had or have been reading the comics, there's nothing new in there for you, except that all of them are in one volume. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhere around, like, 400 pages. The covers will be reprinted, but um, not in color, um, because it's just a black-and-white book. And um, I had a lot of kind of, like negative feelings about the idea of doing a collection of those patreon comics because you know people were subscribed to my patreon to read those comics i never said that they would never appear anywhere else i did say it was the only place to get those books the self-published books Um, which is true it is true but also i don't think that uh our dear friend alec longstreth made a good point where he was like i don't think anyone who's like a fan of your work would be like what no. Two years later, she's putting
0: out comics that I already read. How dare she? That's, that's you in your head. That's yeah. like the imaginary person that doesn't exist. Yeah. Who's like, I can't believe you shaded this like this, yeah. bitch. <laughs> and then, like, in real life, like, literally no one has ever probably mentioned any of the things that yeah. you beat yourself up over. Yeah. Now, I'm a subscriber to your Patreon, and I'm happy to buy the book and continue to be a subscriber just because I want to support you. That's it. I don't give a shit if it's already been on the internet. I probably forgot about it. And when I read it again, it'll be like, for the first time. Because that's the kind of person I am. And like that's goldfish. actually,
2: like, it seems like people are way more apt to buy something that they already saw on the internet. Like, just like yeah. sitting at a convention table, you know, people are always like, oh my god, I saw this online! And then they want to buy it. Yeah. As opposed to being like, I already saw this. Get away from me. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, man. Well, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the Patreon scoop. If people go to my Patreon, Ponyo has a membership club. Ponyo has a fan club. Uh, fans of Ponyo are currently getting a button and a copy of Anonymous Fuzzball in the mail. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to do that in, into perpetuity. I kind of thought it was like a cutoff, like if people that were already members mm-hmm. of Ponyo's friend club. I suppose I could say by the end of the month, by May 1st, when I get home... If you're signed up to be a Ponyo's Friend Club member, you can get a button and an anonymous fuzzball sent to your home by Ponyo herself, and you get a membership card.
2: I have all of those things. Uh, I've been wearing my Ponyo button for the entirety of this residency. Mm -hmm. People love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ponyo hand-delivered those things to me. Uh, I I think that's because I'm an extra special member of the Friend Club. She
0: loves her fans.
2: (laughs) She loves her fans. I would say that I'm part of Ponyo's family club.
0: You're the part of the Ponyo family. Well, Liz, thanks for calling, Doctor Laura. Thanks for being on the podcast, and uh, I hope you don't get murdered. Thanks. I'm just now
2: gonna be reliving Doctor Laura yelling at me <laughs> in my head. <laughs> she was po'd. You talked over her. I was like, Liz, don't talk over I her. I didn't mean to. There was like a little bit of a lag because <gasps> we were on speakerphone, so like I thought that she was like done saying something, and then I'd say something, and she'd be like, What are you doing?
0: It's I fine. like yelled. she must have been having a bad day. We'll hear it on the podcast. Yeah. Right. Not to be a Seinfeld, but have you ever noticed that I never try to sell you Blue Apron on the podcast? Or that we do not disparage and bemoan trips to the post office in favor of Stamps.com? Well, it is because we have no advertisers. Zero. Producer Chris, Producer Ponyo, and myself do this out of the goodness of our hearts. Because we like it. If you would like to tip Producer Chris Sutton, who dedicates hours to this series every week, please, 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 please send your tip of $5, $10, who knows how much. That's your business via PayPal. Two, gmail.com. That is hornet, like the insect, leg, like one of his appendages, at gmail.com. If you do this, we will read your name on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? We may have advertisers someday, and we'll rant and rave about free sex toys and mattresses and Blue Apron and whatever. But in the meantime, thank you. We appreciate your support, and I look like forward to saying your name on the podcast.
1: Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too.
0: That was Ponyo's voice. Don't be scared. Bye. Thank you this week to Shoshana Ruth Wector, Jamie Beth Raven, Beth Delaney, Mary Pinson, and Christy Herod. Thank you for your support. And coming soon, businesses we like will also be mentioned on the podcast. And Aaron Franklin. Welcome to Sagittarian Matters.
4: Thank you. Yeah, Honored to be here. Thank you for having us. I'm not supposed to speak over you. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, we're doing
0: some Dr. Laura roles here. <laughs> I told you both that Liz got in trouble with Dr. Laura, which yeah. you know, um, you're sitting on my bed in my trailer at the Southwester Lodge in Seaview, Seaview, Washington. I, I'm always like seaside, oceanside, <laughs> Seaview, ocean view. Sea Beach. Sea Beach. They all have the same name to me. So I'm always like, I've been coming here for 18 years and I still am like, Sea. I know. Yeah. Seaside. seaside.
4: We're at the seaside. Long Beach. Long Beach. That, but then it's like Long Beach, Washington. You know, everyone yeah. gets confused. Yeah.
0: You're like, no, I'm on the longest beach in the Owned world.
4: On any planet.
5: Have
0: you seen that sign that yes. says longest beach on Earth? That is or- not true.
5: It's but- also, they don't have the largest skillet either, but. They make a lot of claims. It's a big skillet, though. Yeah, but it's not, like, working. And it's Mm. not even cast iron. It's just, like, painted plastic.
4: No offense. I still like it. I still like posing in front of it. They do have the largest uh, sculpture of a razor clam that spits at you.
5: That's true. For 25 cents, you can be spit on by the razor clam sculpture. Really? Just one of many reasons to come out. To long beach
0: that's what i want to do at comic shows to make money what if comic men could pay and i could spit on them yeah for money
5: they'd be lining I, up for that you, think?
4: <laughs> you would be a millionaire how, like, much overnight.
5: Money, how much would i charge like five dollars or $20? Oh, twenty dollars twenty
4: dollars just to you get could, spit
5: on yeah. advertise it as a kissing booth but when they show up say no, no 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 i said spitting booth but you're in line
0: can yeah. I say, I'll call you a name for five more dollars, $25. Yeah. I'll call you a name yeah. and I'll spit on you yeah. at the comics fest. Right.
4: Yeah. We're happy to have, uh, we're always looking for programming for <laughs> our festival. So <laughs> okay. please, yeah, well, you're um, totally
5: you're invigorated on- by new ideas. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're both cartoonists mm-hmm. and, uh, you started this retreat. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about this place <laughs> and what the hell you're doing here?
5: You know, Nicole, you kind of have a part in this. I'm not sure if you remember, but um, this is our fourth year coming here, but about four years ago, I think you were actually just here and wrote to us and were like, this might be a cool space to bring some, like a group of women out to, um, to just work and and hang out together and we just really jumped on that because we were kind of building programming for short run we wanted we wanted to be more than just a one-day festival and we're sort of building programming and this is one of our like anchor programs really yeah
4: so you did all of this
0: I you know I feel like I I was like the idea man and then you guys had all the infrastructure and like spreadsheets and you really took the ball and just did a touchdown
5: but that's teamwork right there, you know, yes. is like, yeah, I mean, that I, we're really appreciative for that idea, but then, yeah, that's kind of what we do. We're pretty good at logistics.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so, I'm so honored to have had any part of it, because it's such oh. a cool thing. I'm so happy I get to keep coming back. Yeah, well, so Liz and I were talking about how the first year, Ponyo went blind, oh. and so we could come for one day, and then we had to take Ponyo to Seattle, and Ooh, now she's I'm- she's back. Yeah. <laughs> She was totally blind. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And, yeah. And those weird things were on the beach that are on the beach now. The valella
4: valella ballella Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> blue. Was there like a blue kind of a little jellyfish with a fin on it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty well, good description.
5: I don't want to ruin the surprise, but Emily is actually cooking some of them up for us. What? We're going to eat those taste. tonight. Yeah.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't think I could taste that.
5: Yeah.
4: They're not vegan. Oh, yeah.
5: Maybe you will but... That
0: would be like a real roadkill vegan,
4: freegan <laughs> yeah. kind of move. Yeah.
5: I mean... Did she Google she... it? She is... Um, well, she's a scientist, you know. Yeah. And um, she looked into it. They're safe. And she j- cleaned them really good and just going to dry them out. And
4: then I think they're just going to be like potato chips, but... Yeah, so... Without salt. Uh, yeah. She said, like, <laughs> they taste like nothing, and so I was like, well, I'm in it for the experiment, but I kind of want to, like, put some salt and fry them and actually, like, yeah. taste the thing. Yeah. But it's her, it's her thing. We collected a lot, though, the other day. So I'm thinking if we wanted to, ooh, tomorrow, round two.
5: nutritional yeast. <laughs> is, that,
0: is that what we're making for breakfast on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but la 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 la, la. Yeah.
5: <laughs> We want to send people off with a really strong memory, so. <laughs> Can you tell me briefly what is short run? Yeah. Um... So, what year is it? 2018. Uh (laughs) This is our eighth year. Um, In 2011, we decided to put on... a little festival for seattle for the small press artists and the people that were not truly represented at our bigger um comic cons um and so we've been putting on that festival every year and along the way we've become a non-profit and we've added programs and it kind of grows and grows and it's a real hub for our community now we're really super proud of that um and we're going to Keep chugging along as 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 long as we can provide it, um, provide the festival and services for Seattle. And we have international artists that come and we're just kind of, yeah, it's kind of a fun thing. It's a great
0: festival. Seattle, yeah. Do you guys have tips for people who are, for young cartoonists, either who are, want to go to festivals? Mm-hmm. So like tips for applying and getting in and or tips for when you actually come? Because I find, you know, I organized the Portland Zine Symposium for a long time. And I feel like it's under people underestimate how valuable it is to say thank you to the organizers of a thing and to appreciate them and not be a little bitch to them, no matter your gender. (laughs) You know, like I just like there's a lot of people that have like a a weird customer service attitude sometimes that'll come like, why aren't you doing more for me? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even getting paid to deal with you people. Mm -hmm. So now when I go to them and they go, well, I'm I always try to be like, thank you to the people who invited me or organized
5: it. That's really nice of you.
0: They're going through a lot of shit that weekend.
5: Yeah. You know? It's quite an undertaking. But I think if I have any advice for the application process is to not just treat it like a, any old Google form, like it actually is an application. So send us good images, show, uh, give us pictures of your books, let us know, like, what is your table going to look like? So we get kind of a lot of bummer links where we have to go beyond their application and figure out who this person is and what, what, what do they do because their application is
4: not good. So, yeah. And sometimes we even are like, is this a, book like we have no idea they don't show us a cover and then it's like these paintings and then there's maybe some sculpture or video links and (laughs) all of a sudden you're just like what's happening here because there is some confusion some people apply for literally everything
5: if they're an artist but we're a we're a pretty specific kind of book fair and um so we really encourage people to just kind of check us out first Mm -hmm. see if you think you'd be a good fit Mm -hmm. And then really put a lot into your application. It's going to benefit you in so many ways, not just getting into our festival, but you're going to have good images of your work and you're going to be able to talk about your work. And even if you don't get into ours, you're kind of ready for the next one then. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just like professional development that we all kind of, uh, we're not enthusiastic to do, but just. If you're going to do it, do it right once mm. and just roll with it then. You know, mm-hmm. like you kind of have to. Have like a,
0: a day of functioning. Yeah. Like maybe you're an artist and in business wise, you underfunction because you're like, oh, I don't want to do business. But just one day, just like drink a lot of coffee. Your priority that day is just to be a business person. That's right. I'm going to function today. It's yeah. Yeah. a business person.
5: Got to do it.
4: Yeah. And I think that once you're actually there, um, having a nice table set up, like making it look good. And we are normally very on top of that ourselves. But last year, we just kind of threw our books down and we were so busy, and we just couldn't even handle it. And it really reflected in our sales. And we were like, Oh, yeah, we, we learned a lesson that we've told everyone to learn. <laughs> um, so yeah, just like having signs, um, you know, making it like an enjoyable space, having a tablecloth, you know, mm-hmm. um, anything that gives your um, table a little bit of interest and pulls people in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's your little store
5: for seven hours. So, um, yeah, I mean the the most basic thing is a tablecloth. And then the sky's the limit from there. Like people have made beautiful shelves out of cardboard, out of wood that like collapse in their luggage. And, like we're always impressed with what people can come
4: up with. And having something kind of like weird and interesting, um, always helps. So there is um like a uh, the photo booth thing where um, there was an artist who would look through this giant cardboard photo booth at you and then like draw a picture of you and That was
5: Betty Turbo Oh yeah, Betty Turbo cool. from
4: Oregon yes. and then feed it through the machine and so it just like is delivered to you and like everyone loved it everyone yeah. came and then everyone's buying her books because it was so mm-hmm. interesting and you know it just really drew the audience in How I'm much
5: like, did that cost? Five bucks, I think That's a good. That that's right? a good deal might have been 20
0: or 20 (laughs) either way it's a good deal and then you don't actually have to look at the people while you're drawing them
5: no yeah, it was, it was just probably like $10. We'll spend oh yeah, maybe it was $10. <laughs> it was super reasonable that you yeah, got this little portrait. It was. it was like a yeah, like a photo booth mm-hmm. um, size of a photo booth picture but it was hand drawn.
0: You know what I want to do with Ponyo? I saw this on Instagram but I'm stealing it because it was, it was essentially like a dog Ouija board where it was like a dog that will tell your fortune. Ponyo was telling fortunes at Short Run this year. <laughs> you would grab her paw and look into her eyes, ask her your question and she would give you an envelope that had a pre-written phrase on it. I would have her then use your energy to choose an envelope for you and then you would open it up and would say some kind of wise thing but I this thing I saw it was like a pug in a turban and it it had like a yes and a no so you could ask the dog a yes or no question and then it could you know tell you which one and I think something like that would be more simple Mm -hmm. so then I could have Ponyo with like a little setup and do that you know I have to say I can't tell if having a dog with me at shows is good or bad because it is a lot of attention, but it's not always the right kind of attention. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of looky-loos that just are like, a dog. Right. But then a lot of them walk away without buying anything, and then they've crowded my table so actual buyers can't see or get through. Yeah. Well, you
4: probably shouldn't bring Ponyo then. I'm, I'm solving.
0: Well, it's, it's so nice for her to meet her fan club members. Oh, no, I was kidding. Oh, no. Obviously, yeah. Ponyo
4: is coming. Yeah. You're yeah.
0: Like, uh, I like, you didn't get in, but Ponyo did yeah. get actually two tables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: She's Sorry. a special guest. I kind of feel that Ponyo is kind of known now as like a tabling dog, you know? Mm-hmm. But actually, I don't think our venue allows us to have just. Only service dogs are allowed. So.
4: A service dog? Yeah. If yeah. anyone asks. Yeah. Oh,
5: I just mean like, yeah. No, yeah. like everyone bring your dog.
4: <laughs> we're in
5: trouble. Well, that we're happened in at
0: trouble. Mocha. People were like, oh, I would have brought my dog if I did it on. And we're like, I don't yeah, think of yeah, yeah, any yeah. dog. Do-. No. I was like, she's a special guest. Yeah. Yeah. She's
5: totally special guest. She's
0: already been cleared. But-, right. but so I'm, if you ever think of like a way to solve the riddle of how to, You know, for me, charging for petting or charging for photos, it's a weird thing to do. And if Ponyo understood capitalism or anything that was going on, she might be like, what? I will love everybody. (laughs) Let let everybody pet me. But... Charging people for stuff or saying like, oh, and I said, free dog pet with purchase.
4: Yeah. Ooh, that's perfect. I think that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of going around. And yeah, then you feel less weird about it.
0: Yeah. And then people were so disappointed because they would Aww. see her and be like, can I? And I was like, sorry, she's on a break. Or
5: Aww. they're like, oh, i Too bad break. they don't have to buy a $2 zine. I know. <laughs> <Aww>. Like, <laughs> that's something about our festival that <clears throat> you can totally come and look around. Absolutely. But we have such a range of, um, of handmade work from 50 cents to $50. Mm-hmm. You know, you really can. You can go there and spend money, and you can go there and be frugal. Either way, we hope that you are going to give back to these artists who've come across the country to show you their work, right? Yeah. So.
0: I mean, I hope he's not listening. But a guy came up to my table at Mocha. He did have Scotch tape on his glasses. He was telling me about... He wanted to change my life. I can't remember how. He had he worked in cartoons. I don't remember what the thing was, but he was talking big about wanting to change my life, gave me his business card, then picked up my book, told me he wasn't going to buy it because he could get a discount from buying it at a store where a place he worked. Oh, and I was like, oh my god. you know, well, that's the thing. Like People sometimes don't think because we live in the Amazon time. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you see a book that's like a book book and not a handmade thing, you're like, oh, I can get this somewhere. Yeah. But, like,
5: the person just flew with that heavy-ass book Yeah, it's true. to be and with brought you. brought it to you. Yeah. You don't have to pay shipping. You don't have to wait. And they'll draw on it for you. Yeah. Usually,
0: that's Gosh. the best thing about getting a book from a cartoonist.
4: Yeah. yeah and it's like... It. Oh, go ahead. Oh, one of the few opportunities you have to actually meet the artist, engage with them, and you're contributing financially to them, like, directly, like, right there on the spot. Yeah. And it's like, yeah... He could buy that, and you would still get a percentage of it, but I'm sure you make more money off of selling it at the festival. So, like, if he really respects you as an artist, like, hey, mm-hmm. just just buy it now. Just, you know, $3 that you were going to save, is that really a big deal? Yeah. Versus, like, supporting an artist.
0: Yeah. It's an act of good faith. I can't tell you how many times people have come over and been like, ooh, do you do you have an agent? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, well, I'd like to poach you. I'm not going to buy your book. Oh, I can't have it for free. And I'm like, you're a stranger to me. Whoa. You're 100% a stranger. Why would I give you this? Also, I just had to buy all these books at cost. Right,
5: exactly. Anyway, I kind of feel like our Seattle audience kind of gets it. Mm -hmm. And maybe because, you know, our city is so Mm well-read. But I think they kind of see kind of what, what's going on behind the scenes in a way you know yeah. so that's good there's still going to be a couple people who are like taking cell pics of all the books they're going to go home and buy online yeah. but i think for the most part we see people spending quite a bit of time talking to people as they're going through almost no one makes it down every aisle if they're really into participating in the festival
0: It was awesome. I sold so many things. I also just, like, had great conversations and talked to people and met so many people that weren't just readers. They were, like, invested. Mm -hmm. Like, they were people that cared and tracked, you know, like, tracking my progress or liking my books for a long time and then coming and seeking me out instead of ordering online. It was really nice. That's That's awesome.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But so let's talk about Trailer Blaze. So what happens here? How many people come? What's the deal? What's the point? What happens?
4: Yeah. So um, we invite, uh, well... We have 12 women come here, and we have a kind of a range. We have, like, people that we invite. We have sort of, like, special guests that we want to come who are a little bit further along in their career. Then we have people who are part of our community, and then we have an application that's open to anyone, um, and then we usually draw one to three people from the application pool. And so throw everyone into the mix, and we have, women from, we have women from their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s here this year. Um, so it's really great to see people all different different uh, stages in their career and in their lives and just come together and have this experience that's both a residency but also Kind of like summer camp. Like we're realizing, it's yeah. it's both. Um, it's not just a place where you hole up and make things alone and in, in the woods and you know go totally crazy. Like we have c- communal dinners and people often like will go to the sun or go to the beach or go on a hike and have these social experiences where we get to really connect too.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. and all of that is optional, um, but almost everybody takes advantage of that. And it's a self directed residency, so. Um, And this is kind of the way that people do it is they wake up in the morning and like make their coffee or their breakfast and kind of get to work. And then depending on the weather, it's like maybe a walk in the afternoon, maybe some kind of activity. But people are mostly working all day. And then we do meet up as a group every night. And I think that kind of check in is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I know um, conversations can are all over the place, but a lot of the conversation is like, how did you do today? Like, what are you working on? And what issues are you having? And so we're talking about our work in a casual way. And then later on in the week, a little bit more formal as we go from trailer to trailer or lodge room to lodge room. And each resident will just say, this is what I'm working on. These are my goals. Or maybe this is something I'm really hung up on. Maybe y'all have some advice for me. And, um, then we can see what, how everybody works in like their little makeshift studio and what their project is about and what kind of progress they're making on it and how we can help them if, we, you know, if they want it.
4: Yeah, and that's where we get really invested, too, um, because a lot of times people who come to the residency, they might know each other a little bit, but not know their work that well, or maybe they don't know it at all, Um, and so this is really the time when you get to, like, see what people are working on or hear their stories, um, and it just means, like, you're in it then. Like, you are excited about that project, and you follow them, and you continue to follow them, and Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's been a really great opportunity, Mm -hmm. too, is, like, with the applicants that we don't know necessarily, um, you know, we we get a chance to be like, oh, we're pulling you in, you know, and we get to see your work mm-hmm. and get to know you in this really intimate way. Um, and it's really exciting.
5: And we feel like it's going to pay off for Short Run as a whole moving forward in the future, because the people that come to Trailer Blaze are hopefully going to also come to the festival. They're kind of part of like this larger short run world of. Now we know about you. Maybe you're going to be in an anthology. Maybe you're going to design a poster um, or just um, be at the festival and rock it out. Um, so it's, it's, it's a way to, there has to be a lot of different ways to bring people into the community because not everybody's going to table at the festival every year. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of other different ways you can do it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, what are how can people find each of you as individual humans mm-hmm. oh. and support
4: you? Oh, I'm... I'm not on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I
5: dot Aaron
4: exists. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to find my work. Yeah. Um, social media. Mm, I'm on there. E R O Y N Franklin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Google her. Yeah. Give her a
0: Google. Her work is worth it. Yeah.
5: Worth the Google. And her website is quite beautiful though. Go in and, and look at her work on that. Um, And I have like a portfolio website too. And then um, you can find me on Facebook or um, Twitter or Instagram, but also just going to the short run Facebook page Mm -hmm. and you can email us through there. You can send us a message through there and then that's how you'll find anything, any information that you need about short run.
0: And what do you know off the top of your head? When do people have to start applying to short run and when do people apply to this?
5: Yeah, this is, occurs every April. So okay. um, look in like late February, <laughs> maybe early February. February and March is when we open up the application process. Mm-hmm. And then um, then we come here every April to do that. And then for um, application process for Short Run, it opens in the summer like June 1st to like July 30th. Cool. Um, and we will advertise that widely. Um, it's a curated show, so you don't have to crash the server on the first day, take your time, do a really good application. And then the festival this year, save the date, November 3rd, same place, Fisher Pavilion in Seattle. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for doing everything you do.
4: Thank oh, thanks you. for having us and for being here <laughs> and for making us do this in the first place.
0: Oh, thanks for taking the ball and actually like taking it past the touchdown point and further on. All right. You're like lapping the football field. Just like, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks.
5: Thanks.
0: Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.